0: What is up, everybody? Maybe that could be my intro though. That's okay, anyways. Welcome to this 34th episode of The Reluctant Vegan Son, and I'm Adam, and I'm joined by Nikki, who is back from Alaska for the first time. Her first month is over, and she updates us on her time in that fishing village, which she survived, and we also talk about my octopus teacher and going vegan, so enjoy the episode. Before quarantine, I was on spring break in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I was drinking, I was smoking, don't catch me FBI, I was living life. I thought I had a great time. I was eating a shit ton of fast food. Quarantine hit, I came home, my family is vegan. I became the reluctant vegan son. This is my podcast talking with my friends and family about food, veganism, all types of things, whatever the fuck comes up and I love it. So, hit the music. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this 34th episode of the Reluctant Vegan some podcast and the first episode that's going to be in February of this year. So, we're in our second month of 2021, and we're still locked down. And we're still what? Lockdown. Yeah, yeah. It's almost a year now, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a year in March, in yeah. end of March. Yeah, around there. One, well, yeah. It's yeah, gonna be a year started. of my veganism. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: That's true. Are you hitting like? Yeah, you're hitting like like the year mark. You came home from spring break.
0: Uh, and, uh yeah. 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 I came home from spring break. End of March. Sick as so. a fucking dog. I was not that sick. You were totally sick. You definitely had COVID. You were sick. I don't think I had COVID. I think you had COVID. I don't think so. You were coughing up a storm. Did I get, did, did I get a positive test? <laughs>
1: nobody was testing back then. And that nobody, is true. Yeah, nobody was going to the hospital either. If they were
0: really, really sick. Did you went to sick? the hospital if you were on a ventilator. Yeah,
1: no, that's totally true. Totally true.
0: Besides that, no. So, mm. well, well Nikki's back. The antibodies usually will last three months, but there's mm-hmm. three to six months now. They're going to keep changing that. Nobody, nobody fucking knows. That's why people don't believe in science. I'm not saying don't believe in science, but in the, when the answers keep changing and then people are just going to mistrust it more.
1: Right. I mean, I think, I think science definitely is flexible and we're learning new things. Like mm-hmm. things that I was doing uh, at the beginning of my career, I'm not doing now and they've yeah. changed. So the way I usually say it to people is that this is the best thinking at the moment. And I don't know if that's going to be true
0: Mm -hmm. a year from now or 10 years from now the other thing is when you do science you you make a guess Mm. it's a hypothesis true true so you're confirming your hypothesis you're not confirming whether that's the best possible solution or the best whatever you're just confirming your hypothesis true 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 true. i'm not sure how much of the scientific process literally happens in workplaces though Mm. seems to me it's a school thing that they teach because mm-hmm. i don't think anybody's going i mean maybe there is a hypothesis in question like they do the research or they do that so maybe there is a hypothesis but i'm not sure if it's as formal because i remember writing science cool thing when i'm writing science you are like okay here's your hypothesis and then you do this and then this and the next step in the scientific process whereas when you've done it your entire life it's probably more just like a flow of testing and shit like you have these questions and then you do this to confirm it and maybe it's still a hypothesis mm-hmm. but unless you're writing a paper or something similar it's probably not as formal
1: oh that's interesting okay
0: again Go that's ahead. my hypothesis so <laughs> when i sign up i mean when we're I'm, both kind of pseudoscientists aren't we yeah when i sign up for uh nasa i'll give you a full rundown okay are you what gonna, gonna sign up for nasa no
1: <laughs> <laughs> I <want> so to. <laughs> i'm
0: never gonna get a full rundown i'm just saying i'm, I'm just throwing it out there like if i do <laughs> it's fun yeah, I can't believe we're at episode thirty-four. Like, you yeah. know, that's pretty wild. And our viewership's down. We got to get it up more. So oh, tell okay. your friends, people, and rate okay. and like and review and subscribe uh-huh. to the podcast. All right, if possible. We're just going to keep going. So yeah, yeah. Shameless two-minute plug. So you know, <laughs> two minutes in. That was
1: oh, l- shameless in two-minute plug. Yeah, to, yeah. Because the plug exactly. was definitely
0: less than two minutes. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was a 10-second plug. A 10-second plug. And it <laughs> takes less than 10 seconds for you to like, subscribe, and review. <laughs> Rate and review, god damn it, Or podcast. Oh my god. But yeah. So mm. this episode, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about, but Nikki mm. is back from Alaska, so we maybe can get some answers on what happened in her remote fishing village. And if she, it looks like she survived and well. I uh, did. And the primarily non-vegan. So how's being vegan? I was being vegan
1: in the fishing village, I Mm -hmm. brought pretty much everything with me and then I brought enough to share with everybody. But it turns out in general, there's no food in the fishing village. People Mm -hmm. caught whatever they caught during the time that they were hunting and gathering. And so some people had little bits of dried fish left, maybe a little bit of seal oil left, a couple of birds that they might have killed and nothing else and i went into the store and the store only had soda and chips they said mm. they had ordered stuff that had never gotten there every person in the clinic was eating cup of noodles and chips and soda and chocolate, and that was it. And I just kept sharing my food. I brought a whole loaf of some good seeded bread. I bought my overnight oats. They looked at me like I was crazy. They're so addicted to sugar and salt that even my overnight oats, which is, I think, pretty sweet. It's got raisins in it, and, and you know it's not, not really, really sweet, but definitely sweet enough for me, was not sweet enough for them. They needed to add a ton of sugar to that. Wow. Yeah. So it was pretty wild. And then everybody is either dying from malnutrition. There were some Mm -hmm. people who walked in that didn't have enough food or they were dying of diseases of poor nutrition or empty calorie kind of nutrition. So high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, different types of fatty liver, different types of colon cancer. It was just a mess and I couldn't figure out how to talk to them about nutritional stuff because they had nothing to eat, but I was able to talk to them about drinking and smoking cigarettes and so on. So I did the best I could. And then there's this guy named Jason. Why am I blanking on his last name? And he has a company called Upward Farm. I heard him on the Tony Robbins show and he does a renewable vertical indoor farm Think. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote to him thinking that these fishing villages would be a great place for renewable energy indoor vertical farms. Yeah. So we'll see if I can but- at least supplement with some green things because the the food that's being brought in is not traditional food. I wasn't hating on their traditional food. You know, God bless somebody who is hunting and, and foraging and gathering and, and doing whatever they can in order to survive. Mm-hmm. But the other crap that's
0: brought in is just like crappy crap crap. So Oh, you can't fault the person, the people for what they're able to bring in. That's my question about what this guy would set up. His, where has he set up the village, the indoor sustainable farming in the past? Because I don't know how much money this village, these villages could afford to pay him to set up that type of thing.
1: It, it would have to be grant funded, mm-hmm. or they would have to have like a 501c, like a not for profit. Yeah, they pro bono. Would, right, pro bono, something. It, this is the 49th state. It it is mm-hmm. part of America, and people yep. are really starving. Mm-hmm. So, and with no ability to grow food, a lot of places where people choose to eat badly still have farms fairly close by to grow food. There is no ability to grow food here.
0: So, what did you do when people came in with, with malnutrition or bad nutrition uh, diseases? Did you how, how did you give them medicine? Did what happened? I I end up having to treat the high
1: cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes. I just have to treat it because people have walked in with these symptoms and diseases. And I am an allopathic Western doctor, so I can treat them. But I was trying the best I could to decrease Mm -hmm. other risk factors for heart disease. So just like, talking to them about stopping smoking and managing their minds to figure out how to decrease the urges for the very high sugary things, Mm -hmm. maybe stopping the soda. So I did the best that I could given
0: whatever the limitations are. I agree with that because there's so many limitations. If you can't solve problems at the root, which is what you're trying to do or what you would prefer to do, if what would solve the problems isn't there because you're not telling right. people to starve because if you were to say right. oh this shit's crap for you it'll do this don't eat right and that. you have nothing else exactly right. right
1: but that that's my whole idea about the way I'm doctoring anyway mm-hmm. so I could tell people to do things, but if it's not available, then they're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. So I want to make sure that when I counsel people to do something, like in the soup mm-hmm. kitchen, trying to counsel people to be whole food plant-based, I needed to make sure that at that soup kitchen, there was at least one really good and tasty whole food plant-based option. And there was by the time
0: I left. So yeah, but what about good. when the soup kitchen's not open?
1: Right. Did That's, you see uh, the... Yeah.
0: Okay. Did you see the guy that stormed the Capitol, the QAnon conspiracy guy, like the Q shaman he's called, the guy with the horns? Did you see the pictures? I didn't say that. No, supposedly he's starving in prison right now because the guards wouldn't give him organic food.
1: Oh, that's right. I remember that's you what, telling
0: me that. That's what I was yeah. saying. Mm, we're not saying to starve. You're not saying to starve yourself. Like, you're not saying like that type of thing. So what happens when the soup kitchen isn't open or other soup kitchens open that day, but don't have those necessarily options that would help them?
1: Right. So is it better off to at least have those options some of the time? Yeah, so absolutely. I'm thinking that it's a balance. So if you're mm-hmm. eating plants
0: to the best of your ability, then things are gonna be better than never eating it at all. Well that's what I think what the major thing of trying to get people for veganism. I think a lot of people are mad. I get mad at vegans and this is like this is what I thought or well, we think of you standing in the subway system with horrible pictures of with animals being mutilated. But <laughs> At your but, cube. But those are but, but true but pictures. Those, those are too. true pictures. Those are true pictures. But people I mean, we get. We
1: truly exploit people, the pe- land,
0: the animals, and everything. We definitely do. But people right. get mad. But people know that. They don't want to see it. They, they understand that. But when it gets forced at them, they kind of shy away. I think a lot of people don't want to talk, talking about, oh, be completely vegan. You're terrorizing animals and, and terrible things. And I think it turns people off a little bit to the idea. I think like Veganuary, which ended when we're filming this, because we're shooting recording this because we record the day before i was the first veganuary is a great interest meatless monday i think is a good thing we're trying to limit the um, uh, trying to increase your whole food plant-based or plant-based options in general i feel i mean it's different with people some people yeah they want to see the graphic imagery for lily let's take for example my sister og vegan of the family not the (laughs) first vegan ever wonder who was the first vegan ever for that matter I mean, it might have been Adam and Eve. Exactly. No, yeah, definitely. But Thank you. But like when the concept, like when the diet expanded and like animal husbandry and then it started, who like popularized or who, there had to be a group of people that started forming like the vegan movement. I'm not exactly In More sure. modern times.
1: Right. I think definitely more modern times. I mean, there was a, something that happened in the 60s where people mm-hmm. were actually trying to be a little bit more whole food and yeah. so there was the macrobiotic kind of movement there okay i i think before then you know when did when did modern farming practice start
0: it was it was animal husbandry bad. animal husbandry's been around for a while yeah i mean yeah i mean people have been tending sheep forever right yeah yeah that, i mean but that's what's native in the area right the current practices of that thing because when you think of tending sheep i mean i don't know how accurate it was in the past you think of a shepherd and his flock roaming many merrily pastures like wasn't joseph with his ridiculous with his rainbow cloak a shepherd so many of these old testament people well that's
1: what i was thinking i was i was totally going back to
0: the old testament exactly you
1: know in his in his technicolor technicolor dream coat
0: yeah yeah the dream coat And then he went down the well or something. (laughs) I need to get my my rabbinical knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. My rabbinical knowledge. Rabbi Stone would not be proud. (laughs) (laughs) Rabbi Stone's a little babbage rabbi down the block. We talk about him sometimes.
1: Yes. Yes. Because he
0: is our entree to very, very religious Hasidic mm -hmm, Judaism. mm -hmm. Yeah. But going back to my point, each person's buttons is pushed differently. So, Let's say you got Lily, who watched what the health and was like, "Okay, I can't do this." That was kind of what happened, if I remember it correctly. It it was definitely the way it happened. But
1: and she also had been vegetarian for a while, then mm-hmm. pescatarian. She had, yeah, she she didn't she, really like, liked yeah. sushi. So I think Lily had. A, a long transitional period, whereas you came right in and were vegan. I came right in. Daddy came right in. Daddy came more kicking and screaming, but I was vegan the next day once Lily said she mm-hmm. was going vegan and then showed me the movie. Cause mm-hmm. she was right. I was like, I could do this. Yeah, I realize that I can kind of do anything, like any place where somebody says, I can't do this, is really just their mind telling them they can't. Actually, we will be able to live and it might not be comfortable. And I don't think we're meant to be comfortable at every moment. The one thing about those cubes, though, is that we're not, uh, okay, there's a lot of of footage, but but we're not aggressive about it. We're not spray painting people's fur coats. We're not screaming at people. They're not pedos. Talking to them, yeah, exactly. We're just talking to them. It turns out a lot of people actually don't know that this is going hmm. on. That there's that cognitive dissonance where they're just not sure, a hundred percent, where that milk is coming from. They're just they leave that little shred of doubt that makes people confused and unsure and somehow justifying
0: to themselves. Yeah, I think that's what that's what the confusion and unsure because I think people know that this type of thing is going on. But they don't know to the extent. They don't know exactly what the circumstances are. They think, oh, the animals are in bad situations, but meat is tasty. They don't see the actual situations. They know the practices are not right, but they don't see the act they, they don't see it. They don't see how physically bad it is. I
1: think they, they kid themselves into believing it's actually okay. So when you okay. like look at a milk carton, mm-hmm. you look at a happy looking cow. Well, yeah. These cows are, you know, in a pasture almost smiling. They really uh, are looking somewhat happy. Did, did you believe, and, and I didn't know this before, and I told Lily this, and she said I was full of shit, that I just, I must have known it, but somehow I had buried it so deep, that a cow actually needs to be pregnant once a year in order yeah. to keep giving milk. Yeah. I thought that they just got pregnant once, then they gave milk, and then they just kept giving milk because no. they wanted to give milk. And if they didn't give milk, they would explode. I really believe that in my mind. Mm-hmm. And the I mean, truth you is, is that they have to give birth every year. And every year their baby is taken away from them because they don't want the milk to go to the baby, but rather to the industry. And that baby is either used for veal
0: and killed either way. Is veal or becomes a milk cow? Do all male uh, calves become veal or do some stay older and become ribs? I, I don't know. Become short ribs, maybe. It's a good question. How many like the percentage? did they all I think become veal?
1: They don't have a lot. Yeah, but I don't see veal in the supermarket because they don't really want a ton of bulls hanging out. That's true. Too many bulls in a is it called a flock and a herd probably creates some chaos.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. like too many roosters in a in a hen house. So, but still, but you need to know which buttons to push. Going back to the original point of uh, of to get to for the person to become aware. Because some people, they see the images, they see that. Other people don't maybe be more gradual or maybe the health benefits or maybe other things. There might be other reasons or there might be – because a lot of people, you can get behind having less – even if they understand that meat is bad, but trying to limit the meat for maybe health benefits and stuff like that, which I'm not saying – there's no correct way to be vegan, go vegan. The reason for going vegan, and once you become vegan – you also open your mind if You're like, yeah, this is fucking terrible. And you really see that. And you really see everything as it is. Even if you don't start going vegan for necessarily animals or the environment, you see the good that it does and you believe it. And you're, you see that type of thing. You're like, Oh, I'm also doing this for them. Like you might, it might start selfishly, but there's I mean, was that also your
1: transition, like how that happened for you.
0: Yeah, like because yeah, you I, came I, into I a house okay. that was vegan, you had no choice. Well, the only we reason why I was vegan is I had no choice. Totally,
1: you were in a house where people were cooking for you. Nobody I was, was cooking too, and I
0: was you were cooking, cooking
1: too. But we were we were a vegan house, and you were respectful of the veganism in the house. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the food no isn't no that choice. bad. So
1: wait, so so what happened to you? Like, what was your?
0: No, I just felt a lot better, and so it's also probably the no alcohol and marijuana but you know that's another thing for another <laughs> we have quite the dry another eye. day it's another thing for another day we but, always
1: get there somehow on this
0: day what to drugs and alcohol yeah it's yes. not the point that we were already at alcohol before okay uh-huh. but yeah and so it's interesting there's also lots of movies about animals and they always show the good side of animals mm, like what well if you look at any like babe there's a lot of pig movies Mm -hmm. Charlotte's Web was about a pig. I think it's animated, but still. Pigs are
1: really, really smart. Mm -hmm. I had this patient once. He was from, was he from Trinidad or Jamaica? I can't remember. And he said that he remembers when he was young, there were two pigs and Mm -hmm. one of them they brought to slaughter and killed that pig and that pig screamed bloody murder. And then the partner of that pig knew it was gonna get killed and he had never heard anything scream like that before in his life. And to this day, he still remembers it and he's in his 60s. And that Mm. probably happened when he was like eight or nine. Wow. Yeah. So if Mm. you think that, that animals don't know that they're gonna die, don't experience fear and aren't in pain,
0: think again. Because they just, are mammals. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, there's not many movies about chicken. Mm. Not many mo- there's some movies about... There's not really movies about cows. Hmm. Any movies Somehow, about ducks? Uh, not particularly. Well, there is a movie about cows now. There's a movie called First Cow, actually, that came out. I was looking at... I have an idea to watch all the Oscar nominees this year. Oh, what's First Cow? Tell me about it. Uh, it's a movie about, in Brazil, uh, like this remote town, and they bring a cow, I think. No, that's not. That was a different movie. First Cow is um, uh, is not about that. It's about uh, mid, um, a Midwestern expansion in the U.S. and they bring the first cow to the new settling town and the cow like changes their life and shit, I think. Mm-hmm. I have not seen the movie, so I might be entirely wrong, but the first cow one was the Midwestern. There's another movie that seemed really interesting that was set in Brazil, mm-hmm. talking about how tourism... I mean, I read the New York Times. I was reading the thing about the New York Times uh, article about what they wish for to happen wish mm-hmm. what movies they wish would get nominated. So I was mm-hmm. just looking through those movies. Wait, when about did it. the
1: Oscars happen?
0: Uh, the Oscars happen I think, in March, the oh, wow. the final nominees are, and then they're probably going to do some Zoom Oscar thingy. Oh,
1: okay. But
0: it's, it's interesting now because so many more of these nominees are going to like Netflix movies or Hulu movies mm-hmm. rather than traditional hollywood cinema and that's especially the case now with movie theaters closed because i think i'm not sure how much of the revenue comes from movie theaters versus when they sell the movies to streaming services Mm, or if they just don't sell the movie to streaming services and expect people to pay for it
1: so how are they releasing these movies on these different streaming platforms like how
0: are they making them are they socially distancing are they quarantining? are they making them they're probably quarantining together Uh, i'd assume Mm -hmm. but they're making these movies and i was i was watching one i think you would like which it's one? called The 40-Year-Old Version. Not The 40-Year-Old Virgin, The 40-Year-Old Version. And tell me it's what a, that's about. It's about this uh, woman. This is written, I think, directed and acted by the same woman, Rada. Mm-hmm. And she plays know. a character by her own name, Rada. I don't know her last name. But it's really good. It's about this failed playwright who becomes a rapper at oh, 40, so this woman. I'm like, uh-huh. you would love that. I'm totally a rapper. You would love that. Oh, my God. You made me think of you. Thank you. you. Made me think of you. Not like the successfully wise, but, you know, (laughs) old woman rapping or old middle aged, middle aged woman. Sorry. Sorry. Young at heart woman, middle (laughs) aged. Thank you. thank you. (laughs) Well,
1: it was amazing because when I was doing a rap for one of the songs on my album, I was Mm -hmm. sitting around kind of rhyming out in the street, talking to myself. And then I realized that everybody who's out there talking to themselves in that way is probably coming up with some kind of
0: spoken, wordy
1: rhyming thing. Yeah, but I enjoyed that. That was Oh, fun. it's fun
0: just to come up and think of rhymes cuz then you just think of any word and you're like rhyme it. So like so we got pen and what rhymes with pen? Men, pen, <laughs> men, men are pigs. Pigs get eaten. Don't eat pigs. We're vegan. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh some people think men are pigs. Some people don't think men are pigs. I don't think I don't think any people are pigs, but still, you know. You know, you just like keep flowing. Well, pigs it's are fun.
1: maybe too good.
0: Like, let's, let's think of
1: something that's not that's so true. Good. Well,
0: it Depends on the man. Capitalist is for pigs. And, and there we go. Anyways, no, that's <laughs> even more demeaning to the pigs. But. <laughs> yeah, poor pigs. Pigs are actually pretty clean animals, too.
1: Yeah. They just roll in
0: the mud because they get hot and itchy. It's, it's, it's nice. It's not
1: because they're dirty.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, mm. I don't know. Well, it mm. depends on who you, th- what you think of as dirty. Because mm-hmm. if you think something that lives all day in the mud is dirty, then you're going to think any farm animal is dirty. You can think pigs are dirty because that's where they live. If you want pigs to be clean, maybe give them showers and walk them down the street and see what happens. But oh, <laughs> that happens, you're not going to think pigs are clean. Right. There are definitely some pigs that are pets and really cute. Mm-hmm. Somehow they think pigs are dirty, and then they're like, oh, people are shit. It doesn't make a difference. I'll eat right. it anyways. Yeah. If everything is dirty, then don't eat it. Maybe. Uh-huh. But the- I was thinking what the movies are about. Yeah. The, I mean, there's a lot of movies I feel about uh, ocean animals and stuff. Hmm. I, I mean, I wanted to talk about My Octopus Teacher,
1: too. Yeah, yeah, you were talking about that which last interesting. week. You wanted yeah, we didn't, we didn't talk teacher? about it. We just brought it up too. for
0: a second. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting – And that's a relationship between a wild animal and a human, which is right. really fascinating. right. I also don't... How did he film that? Do you have any idea? A wild
1: underwater Mm -hmm. animal. What do you... Are they... Is that an invertebrate? Like, what is that?
0: Octopuses are... No idea. Uh, But my question is also, how did he film it? Did he have cameras on him? Or... I'm sure he
1: kept a camera on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: interesting. Um, uh, He also was a very calm person.
1: Hmm. He was pretty depressed when he went down there. He was. Things were going on in his life. And... He was really depressed, and so he was looking for a way to find some meaning and some mm-hmm. interest in filming something. And yeah. this octopus just kind of emerged mm-hmm. out of the deep octopus hole. I almost feel like I want to see it again because I feel like I've missed some things.
0: It, it was very slow. I couldn't watch it all in one sitting. It's mm, not my type of movie. It was a very beautiful movie, but oh my God, it was so very slow. Filmed. Uh, octopuses are called cephalods. Uh, They are invertebrates. Yeah, they're they're invertebrates. I thought it was really interesting watching octopuses swim. Yes. That was the fascinating part to me. Yeah, the way they swim
1: and the way they camouflage themselves Mm -hmm.
0: and ways in which they played. Very intelligent. Yeah. I thought it was really
1: interesting where he felt like he had somehow betrayed the octopus in some way. And the octopus retreated and remembered, and he had to go find her again. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that, that was pretty fascinating. And that part where, where she went up and hugged him and stayed close to him mm-hmm. for that little while until she became pregnant, gave birth, and then died. Mm-hmm. It was like the life cycle was complete and she wasn't trying to fight that life cycle. She fought the
0: predators but she didn't fight the life she cycle fight the she predators. was meant to die. Well, she, she escaped she, the predators. She escaped the pre- Yeah. Right. I mean, she didn't fight the predators. Yeah. She had her own natural life. And I liked it was interesting. He was a very calm person in the water. Because mm. mm. if I saw a tiger shark, I, would, I, th- I think there were tiger sharks, right? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I would, I would I be mean, like, what the fuck? Did the he not
1: fu-? feel like the tiger sharks were going to get him?
0: Yeah, exactly. I guess That's not. So interesting. Maybe because if you're calm and there's no blood, there's so much of his natural prey Mm. where he is that Mm. might be one idea i have i have no idea why how he was so calm maybe he read stuff about sharks not really attacking humans that often because shark Uh, attacks are rare right right Um, the more people die doing lots of other things than from shark attacks i'm sure i'm not sure uh i don't know we might get a little gruesome what did you ever see the movie jaws no i never saw jaws yeah, Dawes
1: was was one of those movies was 60s or 70s mm-hmm. with a great white shark attack. And yeah. it, that really scary music like boom, 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 boom. boom and mm-hmm. you just knew that the shark was going to come. And it, it was pretty scary. It scared a lot of people from being in the ocean. I'm sure that the sharks are probably more scared of us because we've killed many of them, mm-hmm. whether intentional or
0: not. Yeah. than then we should be of them. Mm hmm. I think, but I was just thinking that, like movies, like The Octopus Teacher, maybe helps people think more about being vegan or lim- or vegetarian and limiting mm. their meat options because that just shows how intelligent these creatures, uh, these animals are. Right, right.
1: And even if they're not intelligent in mm-hmm. the way that we talk about, like with the whole prefrontal cortex and planning and mm-hmm. researching and so on, they still have their own special octopus intelligence or mm-hmm. fish intelligence. They know how to to move in the ways that they move and it works for them. Mm-hmm. And it's part of the, the natural way in which they function. Yeah. So I don't think that we can compare them to us. And if anything, because we have this prefrontal cortex, we should be able to think better about the animals on it, the land we live on and so on. So I expect more from us, more compassion, as opposed to just... Mm-hmm kind of oppressive
0: domination yeah yeah i agree i agree with you on that one and it's interesting i think there's two things that humans have that other animals don't have which is a prefrontal cortex and opposable thumbs Mm. opposable thumbs do give a lot Mm
1: -hmm. to humans
0: Mm. we're the only mammal with opposable thumbs i'm pretty sure i mean i don't know primates are our most similar relative Mm. and i'm not they don't have opposable thumbs right i think they have like do they yeah, I felt like that was one of the main differences. I thought they couldn't really like they didn't have the whole motion of the opposable thumb and stuff. I think uh, they do. You think so? Yeah, because so I know they're similar, and you're probably googling that now too. I am. You wanna google it? You're fast. <laughs> oh, you than got me. it. You got it. I'll just keep talking about animals, but. The other question about this movie, there's, there's a few things about this movie that we can talk about. Hey, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, the way the octopus captures the predators. And I, I suggest watching it. I couldn't watch it in one sitting. I also don't know how to watch movies now because I tend to watch uh, sports with my friends. I tend to watch something with my friends at night. So like that's mm-hmm. the time when I watch it. It feels a lot of a time commitment to watch a movie.
1: Interesting. Yeah, it's like a two-hour time commitment. Mm-hmm. Totally Whereas
0: right. a TV show is about 30 minutes 20 minutes depending on the show we actually started watching peaky blinders as a house yesterday but mm. how do you like it it's pretty good it mm. was it was we watched the first episode together and it was good it's about uh the irish uh family in birmingham mm. and i think it was just after world war one so huh. it was pretty good
1: birmingham but, england yeah uh-huh. yeah England. Nice. the common ancestors of all primates evolved an opposable thumb that helped them okay. grasp branches. As the oh, that makes sense. That evolved, makes sense. claws disappeared, today most primates instead have flat fingernails and larger fingertip pads which help them to hold on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So they have the opposable thumb plus the ability the pads to grab. So that's mm-hmm. why they could stay on the branches a little
0: more easily. How did I want to learn more about like evolution and mm. I mean some people believe in evolution some people don't. Some people believe, I'm, I'm not sure entirely where I stand in all these. I don't, I don't think about these. The more you think about things, the more you tend to believe or not believe. I think that's mm. part of what's happening nowadays with everybody being so political. And so <coughs> out there, especially now with everybody locked down, have been thinking mm. about it. Mm. But how did, if you, how did humans evolve out of primates so drastically, so mm. differently? Because when you talk about the early humans, maybe there was a m- mutation or something. I don't know. Hmm. how this happened i mean some may be interested to do more research and maybe take some things because we grew so differently and in they're saying and in the theory of evolution that we evolved from primates they're evolving naturally as primates as well and they also evolved opposable thumbs but they also evolved pads to help swinging on branches and stuff whereas we got prefrontal cortexes and different things i guess if you consider humans at the top prefrontal cortex might be the premier evolution of humans and stuff but like, how did it separate? How did it differ? You know what I'm saying? Right, totally. And yeah. I guess that the neural transmitters
1: mm-hmm. just kept building yeah. different transmission abilities. Like, we keep creating
0: different neural pathways. Yeah, because none like, that are
1: adaptable.
0: Because I think it's interesting how we maybe evolved on this branch and then other primates just evolved to be better primates.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: Or as we evolved into humans. Mm. I, don't, I don't understand that shit.
1: Yeah, no, it's really fascinating. And I think that because, you know, we are the highest of evolution just in terms of the prefrontal cortex, I don't think we're more important or less important. Mm-hmm. We just are different in that way that it's actually quite the you know, the honor to be born in this iteration on this planet right now. That's why I feel such an intense responsibility. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. So, anyways, um, back to my
0: octopus teacher. Uh- <laughs> I'm going back there. You go back
1: anywhere you want. Yeah, we're going back. We're gonna,
0: we're gonna, you know, refer back to before. So you know, I still gotta sign up for. Anyways, that's weird doing a podcast with your mom. You're like half the time it comes up in your brain. You gotta remind something for your mom, and then you're like, oh shit, we're podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what do you block yourself for? For me. I was about to say something about something I signed up for. And I'm like, wait a second. Now's not the time. This isn't just a phone call.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They
0: might have like a little in on our relationship too. That is true. We are,
1: we are pretty freaking close. That is true. Like like we're, we're just, you know, we tell each other a lot of things
0: and we're pretty close. Mm So my octopus teacher. (laughs) It was beautiful. Uh, the one of the controversial things, I don't know if people think of this as a controversial thing, but one thing I thought of is the relationship between animals and humans. Mm. A lot of, that's a wild animal, where do you stand on it? Because, Pete, you don't want to disturb an animal's habitat. You don't know what's going on. But he was very gradual. And it seemed like he built a connection out of trust and out of different things. As you look at most human aquatic relationships, and I think of dolphin trainers and I think of whale trainers and
1: that type of thing, right, right. And so he definitely was meeting the octopus at the octopus's level. Exactly. He was not trying to manipulate the
0: octopus mm-hmm. in a way that I could tell. Mm-hmm. And he also wasn't doing anything to disrupt. It seemed like the cycle of mm. the uh, of the of the environment, because mm. he didn't try to help the octopus when the octopus when the shark came attacking. He didn't try to help the octopus hunt. He didn't try to do anything. Right. Right. He let the
1: natural mm-hmm. evolution happen totally. Mm-hmm. I was getting really worried for the octopus, though, when the
0: shark came. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was pretty upset.
1: <laughs> Should we give a spoiler alert? No. No. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, they, you could, the listeners, but you guys could probably tell what's going on, <laughs> what happened. Uh, right, right. Especially if you know the life cycle of an octopus. I was also thinking when we saw his son at the end, well, I guess we are spoiling everything. I'm like, Imagine if my dad just disappeared every day to go swimming <laughs> with an octopus. Now, how would that make you feel? I think that you would probably think that was
1: pretty cool. If that's you lived true. That's on true. on a coast like that. That and is true. His son came with him quite a bit. And the that's relationship true. with his son ended up because yeah, he yeah. could figure out how to have a relationship with a wild octopus on the mm-hmm. octopus's terms I think he could figure out how to have a relationship with his son on his son's terms without being manipulative or
0: controlling yeah I was just, I was just wondering the entire movie until the end what was up with his family <laughs> if he had a family or not right right well what happened oh. to his wife I forgot
1: there was something that
0: happened I don't remember see and we're I not spoiling remember. what we're not spoiling it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't know. I do think that type of movie helps a lot. I mm-hmm. think it also that it seemed pretty real. I mean, I I'll do more research into this to see like how real the movie was because it seemed mm. extremely real. Because right. most movies are most animal movies are based on true stories or heavily edited and right stuff like that. So
1: okay, while so she searches that up,
0: my octopus teacher yeah. filmed. Okay, while she searches that up. What, mm-hmm. what else we got to talk about? Oh, yeah, lots of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think it helps people see the intelligence of animals. And I don't think most people, I think most people don't realize how intelligent it's animals. It's another thing that you were saying with the insemination of cows
1: mm-hmm.
0: about how you kind of don't realize the whole thing that's happening. I mean, that was my realization with supermarkets. Mm. I mean, everybody growing up probably has the same realization. The food in the supermarkets doesn't magically appear on the shelves. It feels like it does, right? But no, it doesn't. Everything happens because somebody did it, right?
1: Right. They're saying that there was a second person filming. Okay, I thought there might be. Yeah,
0: but maybe it was like a like some kind of underwater drone or something. There definitely had to be because he couldn't capture the uh, him hugging the uh, octopus himself. Right. 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 Unless there is a long ass arm. (laughs) <laughs> like GoPro, like i um, uh, selfie sticks <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> selfie maybe the selfie octopus sticks. will smile with him like exactly hey,
1: or don't if... say cheese
0: mm-hmm. say, say uh no sharks uh what, what would octopuses <laughs> say come fish yeah fish little fish
1: right. wait the lifespan or, of an octopus is about a year like right
0: no it's three to five years i looked it up a giant octopus i don't know what species that octopus mm. Was with the common giant octopus, huh? Three to five years. Wait, and he yeah. only, well, actually, that octopus must have been two years or something because he said he was together with her for like half of her life, right? Right, or something similar, and yeah. he was with her for about 360, about a year, right? So, yeah, I thought it was a, a I thought it was even one, but probably two,
1: mm hmm. Well, because if they you, see, yeah, they're pretty independent and loners the octopus it wasn't Mm -hmm. like there was a little octopus den with other octopi in there Mm -hmm. she was just one and when it was time to mate all of a sudden a male octopus appeared isn't Mm -hmm. that interesting how that happened yeah like Uh, you couldn't even tell or it didn't even seem like like there was any
0: other octopi around i'm gonna say my uneducated guess my very uneducated guess that maybe there's a when a octopus is in heat or an octopus are letting, looking for a mate. Mm. Maybe there's something that there's some pheromones or something that the octopus excretes out that male octopuses could smell.
1: Or right. See it's or so something. interesting.
0: But, but we never saw another octopus mm-hmm. around. It's not like they hung out and played with each other. No, they just hung in the den. It was um, uh, college style, uh, but with babies. So. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So they talked about the shark here. They're called pajama sharks, p y j a
1: m a sharks oh, okay. that lurked in the kelp. Were part of the story, but Foster said they were no threat to humans as they only grew to just over a meter. Okay. So they seemed much bigger
0: when he was filming them. Mhm. Mhm.
1: And then well, if there was a, a great white shark uh, that when, came when, in and you, you got out of
0: the way. When you think a meter, think about it, a meter is over three feet. Mhm. Interesting. Like that, a meter only feels small when you stand it up next to a person right but but i think the types of bites that they would get would just be like a little chunk that's it true it wouldn't be it wouldn't be it's like not a fatal mouthful mm-hmm. right so where was it filmed where's it filmed? it's filmed in south africa oh okay. god it? yeah it makes sense i think so i don't know
1: yeah oh, it dedicated sure. teams from south africa holland the united kingdom and you yes, were involved over a long period okay
0: I that must it have been a south hell africa. of a hell of a thing to pitch though
1: so yeah, Netflix, it's hard something.
0: to get one of those Netflix films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I pitch. Hey Netflix, I got an idea. I'm gonna become <laughs> friends with an octopus, and then we'll see what happens. And I'll have my relationship with the octopus. Wait,
1: so was was it pitched first, or did he do all the filming and then pitched? He had to have,
0: probably done on the. He probably did that. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. But yeah, still the idea to just go there, try to find an octopus, and. Or whatever. I mean, he was just going out there to go out there. I don't think he set out there with any, any set ideas of finding the octopus, right? No, I think he was just going yeah. out there to
1: find himself mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. something interesting for him. It, it, wasn't he doing a lot of animal stuff on the surface, and somehow wow. like decided to go underwater.
0: I don't really remember exactly, but yeah. I mean, yeah. this just shows you that if you have your passion, you can find a way to do something. I mean, this is a man that now has a feature film with mostly him talking and him swimming, finding an octopus, mm-hmm. which I, I, I applaud this man for doing that. Yeah. Anything you think of doing, you could, if you're, you could, you could do.
1: It was also amazing because he was snorkeling through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he had an oxygen tank. So he had to go under and stay under as long as he could to film whatever he needed to film. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting that he had to keep going up for air. Yeah. 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 He was worried about mm-hmm. missing things. So mm-hmm. that's been about 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah, I can't believe it. We did talk
0: about My Octopus Teacher, though. Which we did. We did I'm it. I'm excited that we did. Okay. Yeah. And check out the movie. I mean, even it's, it's a movie about like, we kind of spoiled the movie, but we didn't spoil the movie in the way. It's, it's a movie you got to see.
1: It's gotta, so beautiful. Exactly. And so moving.
0: It's type of movie you got to see. Also, it will give you an appreciation for animals that, I mean, I didn't know how smart octopuses were before this. They say they're the most intelligent invertebrate. Really? Yeah. That, that makes sense. Now, yeah, especially totally. after watching this. But you don't physically think. You're like, oh, this octopus is intelligence. Right. You right, don't right, think right. what that necessarily means.
1: Right. Like, what is intelligent? Mm-hmm. I heard that there was an octopus that came to visit somebody on the shore every day. Hmm. I I can't remember where that was, was it in Florida? It was someplace and just octopuses are, is it octopi or octopuses? It's octopi. So octopi are just really, really intelligent Mm -hmm. and they remember.
0: Yep. Yeah. Pretty wild. And so thank you all for listening. Uh, If you didn't get the memo before, please (laughs) like subscribe and rate. Yeah. I'm going to review the podcast. Uh, Also. Guess I'll plug my Instagram now. So uh, follow me on Instagram at Reluctant We're growing. We got 115 followers on Instagram wow, right now. Wow, that's
1: awesome! And you Adam. know what?
0: As we grow, I'm gonna be trying to communicate. I, I should follow back people who follow me and build relationships and stuff. I'm always concerned about like that type of thing. Actually, that's not it. If I wanna, if if the person that follows me, I look through their posts and their posts speak to me. And most of the posts on vegan Instagrams are are amazing. Like there's lots of inspiration on Instagram. True. And I rarely create my own things. I just throw stuff together and get inspiration from recipes and shit. I don't know where you're cooking. you just get your thing and you just throw it together, but like there's some base from that in my base. I get got to be small over the place sometimes I want to do that, and sometimes I have an idea on a certain food I want to make and I look up a recipe because I'm not entirely sure I'm not classically, classically trained holy shit. Mm-hmm. put the thing in my mouth. but yeah, so follow me on Instagram. Also, last thing, we're getting to the end. Uh, we finished our 40 day meditation. I'm not sure how was the day before I've been doing it till today. I think with the new month, we should pick a new meditation.
1: Okay. Do you, oh, do you have, have
0: anything it? that you
1: want to work on?
0: Not particularly. Is there, is there one that, is there one that you really like though? I don't really have um, anything.
1: There's a couple of things to get through hard things, to mm-hmm. push through hard things. I like that one a lot. Okay. It's a little bit hard to keep your arms up a bit, but once you start to get it, you'll, you'll definitely feel the difference. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the Catalyst Yogi one removing
0: blocks i, think I will have a picture on my instagram tomorrow but you look through start a couple it. of them and decide if there's anyone that speaks to you no i like it you always have good meditations i'm more of a go with the flow type of meditator like I, i'm not sure what any of and of course we'll always be doing the addiction meditation from uh guru jaga that's the um, video that okay, i like so you always that. like that addiction i always one. like that one it's that's three cool. minutes even if you don't choose to do a longer 11 or eight minute meditation because it's hard and of course there's no wrong way to meditate three-minute meditation it isn't that difficult and I feel like that's a great way to start meditating and it's okay if you miss a few days Mm. but we're gonna be trying 40 days uh which would be 28 days in February plus 12 days in March so about March 12th would be the end of this and I will hopefully have a picture up on my Instagram tomorrow of me doing the meditation and maybe have a link there
1: Oh, that would be really, really great. Uh, there was something else. I'm doing something called uh, Positive Intelligence. There's mm-hmm. a, a guy named Shirzad Charmaine, and he wrote a book about positive intelligence. So trying to increase the sage or the one that actually pulls people in trying to create creativity, generosity, openness, and, and well-being and happiness, as opposed to the saboteur, which mm-hmm. is the one that actually pushes people by being harsh with them, mean, critical, and judgmental. So I've been, I was given that program, gifted that program, and I've been working on it. So this book, Positive Intelligent, by Sherzad Shermain, has really been great. Nice. Is there anything and, else you want to say? Or No, I think that's good. I have a blog. Uh, it was an Alaskan blog. I flew in this eight-seat uh, Cessna minivan airplane all the way to that small village of pillar and i've got some pictures and that's on my dr nikki Naradan blog so
0: dr nikki and it's the blog on that that wix app awesome okay so yeah uh, thank you all for listening uh, we love you guys and uh see you next week bye yep, yep, yep. We're, we're staying so come mm-hmm. and hang out with us we're really fun
1: of course